This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal supply chain security has become a front and center issue for both defense and civilian agencies. But how to get around such a big requirement? One group is helping. The Federal Acquisition Security Council has a strategy encompassing more than a dozen strategic initiatives. The council hopes to bring all of the disparate supply chain risk management efforts together. For his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller got a hold of the council's strategy. He joins me now with what he found out. And Jason, let's start with the Federal Acquisition Security Council, FASC. What does the strategy really cover and how does it lay it all out? Well, as a reminder, Tom, Congress created the FASC in the Secure Technology Act of 2018, and it's been this year-and-a-half process of getting up and running, and a lot of people have been paying attention. Okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to work? Who's going to be part of it? How is it going to fit into this? Uh, so many other supply chain risk management efforts? So the strategy which we obtained, because it was not made public, uh, really lays out three pillars of what the council plans to do. Now, a lot of this comes right from the legislation, the Secure Technology Act, but what's important is they put a lot of specifics underneath each of those areas. So, so the three pillars, pretty obvious stuff, Tom. One is standards, guidelines, practices for, for federal supply chain risk management programs. Two is information sharing. Three, stakeholder engagement. Nothing surprising there. But you have to dig a little deeper and go into each of those to really see those other areas they're going to focus on. Really what they plan to do, and this is, comes from the strategy, is what they say, raise the maturity level of supply chain risk management practices across all of government. Assist the department and agencies in identifying common initiatives, standards, guidelines, processes. Really act as that center hub for all this effort. So the government, and we're not talking about one size fits all, let's be clear here, but at least we're all going to drive down this 20-lane highway together versus, Tom, you're going to go west and I'm going to go east and then somebody else is going to go north and somebody else will go south and maybe we'll get to the same place if we wait long enough. And I think that's really important for something like supply chain risk management. That is a growing concern among every agency. And you see that by the initiatives that are going across almost every agency. All right. So you mentioned these three pillars, standards, uh, information sharing, stakeholder engagement. You could put those on any strategy for almost anything. So what are some of the particulars? What are they offering in specifics about how they plan to do all this in the next year or so? One important reminder about this is it's acquisition focused. They're not trying to, and here we go, you'll forgive me, I know you have Mark Foreman on, eat the elephant in one bite here. They're trying to focus only on the acquisition side, which is, you know, the agency spending $580, $600 billion a year on all sorts of goods and services. And, and if the supply chain and, and some of those are, are problematic, which they are, I think they, they have concerns about them, they really have to, that's a good way to get to it. So for instance, Tom, and, and, and this is one important piece here, what the FASC will do, for instance, will work with departments of agencies on their specific supply chain risk management strategies and implementation plans, uh, identify common initiatives or standards that will go across the entire government. So if one agency is doing something that can be applied to another one, that's that central piece to say, hey, agency X, look what agency Y is doing and take advantage of it. You guys can do this too. A little more specific, they're, they're looking down into the next level. They're going to do some data calls and do some reports. They're going to evaluate current policies initiatives. They're going to look at cross-agency supply chain risk management services. They're going to work through the category management effort that the General Services Administration is leading and try to work through them to, to address, okay, what, are there contracts, are there services that we can provide everybody? Uh, another piece that dropped uh, back in September was this under 
understanding of exclusion and removal criteria. Now, this was the big thing that a lot of people were waiting for. And Tom, we talked about this idea of, okay, what happens if they need to make another decision like they did with Huawei and ZTE or Kaspersky Lab? How will that work in the future? What's the process? Now, that interim rule was released in September. It's in effect, but it's also open for comments through November 2nd. So that's the type of things they're going to be doing. Again, getting people together. On something as simple as information sharing, Tom, this is, again, how do we share information? If you say computer, do you think, is that does it mean laptop? Does it mean desktop? How do we make sure that the taxonomy, the words we're using when we talk about supply chain risk are all the same? Uh, and finally, under our stakeholder engagement, they really are bringing people together. I mean, that's really what the FASC is trying to do. They, they're setting up working groups and they're setting up subgroups to really have people go, okay, hey, this is a problem. Let's work on it together. Without that centerpiece, Again, disparity happens, and I think that's what we've seen over the last three, five, seven years. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller, and you mentioned standards as one of the pillar, and in your story you talk a lot about NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. That seems to be the reference point for where they're headed on standards for all of this. And, and I think it has to be. You know, NIST published 800-161, which is a a uh, special publication around supply chain risk management. The the Committee on National Security Systems has their 505 publication. Again, it's something else for national security systems. And they're bringing all those pieces and parts together to say, okay, again, from an unclassified view, from a classified view, how do we kind of walk this forward together so we're at least all going down the same path? And then they're also ensuring that, like, when things have to change, they're, a, again, a central body to make sure those things can get changed, updated, and continue to evolve. Because, Tom, as you well know, IT technology doesn't stop. And a lot of agencies have already been working on this issue of supply chain security for some time now. And as you mentioned, the FASC was authorized a couple of years ago. So does what it's doing build on efforts agencies already have underway, or does it knock them out and replace them? Absolutely. It builds on what they are already doing. And a key one is when I mentioned IT category management. Uh, over at the General Services Administration, which is leading the government's work on IT category management, GSA has already done things like adding a supply chain framework that's going to go across all the contracting vehicles that GSA's Federal Acquisition Service runs. So they at least have, again, a starting point. And, and in that framework, they have the NIST 800-161, they have the Committee on National Security Systems 505, they have even something called the NIST IR 8179, if you're keeping score at home, it's another NIST publication that, again, is, is helping agencies with supply chain risk management. Now, they're also creating what they call mission-level plans, so uh, you know, this is beyond just what the um, Federal Acquisition Service, but this goes across all of GSA, where they're going to bring together legal, policy, acquisition, technology, other experts, and to really help develop these supply chain risk management uh, efforts, to initiatives, and, and, and really answer questions. But it's not just GSA who's working on this from an acquisition perspective. For instance, Tom, just recently the State Department released a request for information uh, looking to industry for a discovery and awareness tool of supply chain risks. And we have a, cop we have a link to that request for information on federalnewsnetwork.com. We know that work from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency at DHS, have been really leading the way to really address some of these risks, like with Huawei and ZTE and Kaspersky Lab. And in fact, CISA just released a 
about a year ago, 20-page briefing on current and future efforts around federal supply chain risk management. And ODNI earlier this summer released a six-page document highlighting three focus areas, how they're going to reduce supply chain risks. And Tom, you and I have talked to many other people at the Defense Logistics Agency, the National Nuclear Security Administration, and dozens of other agencies that have supply chain risk management efforts ongoing within their organization. And there are two other efforts I wanted to ask you about quickly here, too, that are going on in DOD. One is the Section 889 rule about Chinese suppliers of telecom gear in the supply chain. And the other, of course, is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program from DOD. These are also focused on supply chain risk. Do they map into what the FASC is doing? Absolutely. Now, if you look at what the FASC is doing, it doesn't necessarily call out CMMC or doesn't necessarily call out the work on 889, though. When I have talked to people in the supply chain risk management community, obviously 889 is front and center because it is the current effort to pro- to prohibit the use of Chinese-made telecom contracts, uh, uh, services and products from places like Huawei and ZTE. So while they don't necessarily say, we will take CMMC and do this or do that with it, they do recognize that it's part of the conversation. And especially when it comes to DOD, you know, I've talked to uh, several people in the, in the federal uh, civilian community who said they are paying very close attention to what DOD does with CMMC and how it may or may not apply in the civilian world. Uh, I talked to Grant Schneider, the former federal chief information security officer, before he left about it. And I've also talked to, for instance, GSA mentioned CMMC in one of their uh, 8A Stars 3 contract where they say we may in the future require CMMC certification. So there's definitely a lot of interest in it. All right. The knot is being tied. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 